God is faithful tonight. He's faithful when we're not faithful. He is faithful. I feel like this morning the Lord had us looking or listening at Jesus' feet. And feel like tonight a good place for us to be is to be at Jesus' feet. So I'll return to that position tonight, Jesus' feet. I want to look tonight in the book of Joshua, chapter number 1. The book of Joshua, chapter number 1 this evening. Joshua chapter number 1. I'll ask if you will stand to your feet. I want to look tonight in verse number 1. We'll just read a few verses here and see what God will do for us. Verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise. Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Amen. God said, everywhere you put the sole of your foot, I am going to give you that. Just as I promised Moses, I'm promising you Joshua. Verse 9, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage, be not, dis, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. What beautiful verses. I believe the Lord would have us preach on this thought tonight from this text, and we're going to bring another text in, laying your battle at Jesus' feet. Father, tonight, help us, Lord, that we might obey the Word of God as the Holy Spirit is our leader, teacher, and guide. Give us instruction. Show us, teach us truths and precepts from the Word of God that might encourage us to take our battle and lay it down at Jesus' feet. Lord, we're asking your help tonight in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now, the Bible says in verse number one, and we're, this is going to be a long introduction, so be prepared for it. I've got points in the introduction, so you better get ready. In verse number one, the Bible says that Joshua is Moses' minister. The word minister means servant. So Joshua, the new leader, while Moses was alive, was a servant, a minister to the man of God. And I believe this with all my heart, it's in my heart tonight, that if God's going to use me for his glory, then I need to be a help and encouragement to men of God. And that's why I love young preachers. I get behind them. I love elderly preachers. Been preaching a while. I love to glean the wisdom that God has for them. I would not want to be a hindrance to any man of God. I always want to be an encouragement to the man of God, I want to be a servant. You remember what the prodigal son said when he got off in the hog lot? He said, I am not worthy to be called a son, but make me to be one of thy hired servants. If I could just be a servant, it would be good enough. Now, 
And Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, starts with the word now. Now, some of us are not English majors. We think the word and and the word uh, uh, but is a conjunction. But the word now is also a conjunction that links up to the last chapter in the book of Deuteronomy. And it is an indication, the word now is an indication of time. Now, let me say this. In our lives, there are a lot of things that hinder us from our goals. And the Lord uses the word now. Now means in time, God is starting to work, continuing to work, despite some obstacles that we see in verse number one. Tonight, if I ask you what are your obstacles, what, what is your battle, what are uh, things that are in, in adversary to you or adversity to you, You'd name me this whole, this is a problem, this is an issue, and then I have this thing. Let's look at verse 1 and let's see some obstacles there. First of all, I want you to see there is death. Do you see that? Now, after the death of Moses, but may I say this, number one, death does not subdue the plan of God. Moses, the man of God, has been moved off of the scene. The Bible said when he was 120 years old, that his eye was not dim, and his natural strength was not abated. And yet God himself, when it came time for Moses to die, uh, the word indicating about how that Moses died and God buried him, th this is really what it means. And I've studied this deep. It just really means that he's been kissed to death. God just kissed him and took him on home. That's what it means. God just took him out of here. Now think about it for a second. Nobody knows, according to Deuteronomy 34, about Moses' burying place, his sepulcher, even unto this day. The Bible says that the people wept for 30 days. Moses had done so much for the children of Israel, and when he was uh, removed out of his position, you would just assume, you would just assume there would be no after the death of Moses. Death is our great enemy. But death does not stop the plan of God. There, there may be a situation in your life. It may not be a physical death. There may be a situation in your life and this has been like death to you. You're dealing with the, the end of a this or an end of a that. There, maybe you've changed jobs and maybe you've gotten fired or you got laid off and this is like a death to you. Look what my Bible says. Now after the death. Now after what you think is going to complete it, what you think is final, what you think is over, God has an after. Death is not a problem for God. There was an old woman that had a hound dog, and it followed her to church. She had an old-fashioned, just little church. That hound dog would follow her out the door and go to church with her and walk in the church and lay under the pew with her, and her husband was lost, and the woman died. And the old dog on Sunday morning got up and started scratching at the door. And the husband opened the door. And the dog started out the, across the porch and down the sidewalk. And the man thought, this will be interesting. So he said, I'm going to follow that dog. And he followed that dog. And that dog went to church. And he scratched on the door and they let him in. And the dog went down to the front row where the woman had sit all them years. And the dog laid down. Well, the man came in and sat there and listened to what the preacher had to say watching that dog, and finally the man felt her conviction, and the man got saved. After his wife died, 
when he followed a dog to church. It looks like when the wife died, you would assume that that man is lost forever. But you see, God keeps working even after there's a death or the end of a situation in our lives. Death does not subdue the plan of God. Look at look else in verse 1. The word Moses, the servant of the Lord. I thought about Moses being the servant of the Lord. Moses had a failure in the flesh, didn't he? So number two, he was a disappointment. Number two, disappointments do not sour the Lord. There's disappointments in your life. Death is a hindrance. Disappointments are a hindrance. You remember the story that children of Israel were in the wilderness. They were uh, thirsty and, and God said, I want you to smite the rock. And when he did, out come water a gushing. Everybody got something to drink. Later on, the children of Israel were back to a place of being thirsty. And God, Moses said, God, would you help us? And God said, speak to the rock. And Moses was aggravated and he disobeyed God. Instead of speaking to the rock, he smote the rock and said, Shall I fetch you water, you rebels? And God said, and God gave him water. But God said, because of your disobedience, you will not enter into the promised land. Now that was a real disappointment. But disappointments do not sour the Lord. Think about it with me for just one second. According to verse number 1, God still calls him the servant of the Lord. He did not call him Moses, the man that failed God. Have you ever experienced failure? Have you ever disappointed God? But when we repent, God is a forgiving God. God is a merciful God. God is a gracious God. My Bible says God's mercy endureth forever. And when you repent of your sin, God will use you again. Preacher Darren, is that the end of the story? Well, I'm reminded that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ died on a cross. and They buried him and death did not subdue the plan of God. But God raised his son back up on the first day of the week. Amen. That same Jesus, the Bible says, earlier he was on the Mount of Transfiguration and his glory, the glory of God, outshone his physical body. He was brighter than the sun. Peter, James, and John were there. They saw two men speaking with Jesus and they're in the promised land. Who were they? Moses and Elijah. You see what? Moses may not have got to enter the promised land during his leadership role there in the book of Deuteronomy, but praise God, he's talking with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration about his decease. You see, disappointments do not sour our Lord. Thirdly, look at the phrase, it came to pass. It's in your Bible 463 times. It always expresses God's ability to work things out no matter what. It involves the motion and the movement and the working of Almighty God. It came to pass. Tonight, I am persuaded with all my heart, I am reminded that God is working right now. You may be praying about something. You may think, I don't think God's doing anything. Honey, just rest assured, God has heard your prayer, and God is working right now. May I say, according to it came to pass, delays do not shake the Lord. The people of God, when Moses died, they were in delay. They prayed 30 days, mourned, could not go forward, could not do another thing. 
just weeping and grieving for 30 days. But delays do not shake the Lord. May I say this to you right now? God has a plan for you today. Fourthly, when I look at verse number one, not only do I see death and disappointments and delay, but I want you to see I see differences. There is a difference between Moses and Joshua. Differences do not sway the Lord. There are real differences between these two men, Moses and Joshua. We are told in the book of Exodus about the birth of Moses. We're told much about the foundation of his life, about how his Mama put him in the river and, and, and sent him down in a, in a little basket. And you remember how Pharaoh's daughter came out and seen him and, and went back and, and hired Moses' mother uh, to raise her own son. If my mama had got paid for raising me, Lord, she'd be richer than, than Sam Walton is today. Amen. May I, may I just say that nothing is said about jo Joshua's birth. It just says Joshua the son of none. The, these two men are different in their birth. They're different in their temperament. They're, they're different in their activity. They're, they're different in their leadership styles. God has made all of us different. It is God that has made us to differ. Amen. And God can use Joshua and God can use Moses for his glory. And may I say tonight, though we're different, God can still use us for his glory. Fifthly, and I'm going to preach. There are some details here that we see. And may I say details do not slow down the Lord. Moses, it's detailed that he's moved off the scene. Israel let, wept 30 days. The new leadership is Joshua. And they, they have goals. What is the goal? What's the goal? The goal is to get across the river Jordan and into the promised land. Under Moses, they were not able to get across the river. But now God has had a change of leadership. And through Joshua, they're going to cross the Jordan into the promised land, into an area of victorious living. The Bible did say, I read it in your hearing in verse 3, he said, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you as I said unto Moses. There are things that bother us and want to hinder us from going forward. Death. Somebody's been removed from your life and it's a death to you. Maybe they were physically taken away to heaven. Maybe, maybe there's been an end of a relationship. Maybe there's been a change of job. That hindrance, God's able to subdue it. There are disappointments that come into our lives brokenness, discouragements come into our lives. God's able to defeat it. There are times of delay. God's delays are not His denials. There are times of differences. You may feel different about something that somebody else does and you feel like there's just a clash here. But it's God that's made us to different and we can use, be used for His glory. And then there are some details. Now I want to say this in verse 9. I'm going to preach into the verse. For the Lord... Thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. All right, here we go. Moses is gone. Joshua is the new leader. Everywhere they put the sole of their feet, God has given it to them. In chapter 3, they've come to the Jordan River. And when they get there, 
the Jordan River is at flood stage. It is way out of its banks. And in verse 13, God says, it, won't you take one man of all the tribes of Israel, of all the 12 tribes, and it shall come to pass. There's that term again. It shall come to pass. Listen. As soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. Now as they're bearing the ark upon their shoulders, they put their feet in everywhere you've put the sole of your feet. That have I given you. As soon as they step in, God gets in the water, and the water backs up, stands up on a heap, and the Bible says in verse 17 that the Lord, that, that the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. As the priests carried that ark, they were on dry ground as they went across. You see, where God had them place their feet, death, disappointments, delays, details, all those things did not stop the plan of God. Here they go into the promised land. The devil can't stop them. Floodwaters can't stop them. Death can't stop them. Details can't stop them. Disappointments can't stop them. Honey, I'm telling you tonight, nothing can stop the promise of Almighty God. Well, what if I don't believe it? Honey, believe it or not, the promise of God is true. Then chapter 5. As soon as they get across, I'm going to preach here in a minute. As soon as they get across the river, the first thing they see, all the people are safe across. The waters come back down, back to flood stage. There's a city there named Jericho. And A, A, I see the challenge. The Bible says in verse 13 of chapter 5, and it came to pass, there's that term again, it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and looked. What's he doing? The leader is anxious. He goes over up by the river, up by the city Jericho, and he starts looking. He's trying to lay out a battle plan. He's trying to get a strategy. Think about it. The children of Israel are not warriors. The children of Israel, they don't have weapons. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. They've walked across the Jordan River on dry ground. They don't have B-52 bombers and stealth bombers. They don't have uh, uh, hand grenades and, and they don't have military assault rifles. They've got nothing but God. And Joshua goes to Jericho and he starts looking. He's anxious. There's a problem. He understands when he sees the city. It has double walls. It has great gates. He sees mighty, valiant men as warriors walking all through that city. Adversaries to the people of God. But the children of Israel has crossed the Jordan River. And Jericho, they're right up against the city. They cannot retreat. They can't go back across the Jordan River because the waters have abated. They, the, the waters have come back down now. There they are. What are they going to do? Joshua Joshua's looking. He's praying. May I say this tonight? Every single one of us, you have a Jericho to face. There is something tonight that you cannot conquer and you cannot conquer it alone. You cannot go back. 
You cannot undo it. It is what it is. Say amen. Now, Joshua feels alone in leadership. There's a lot of loneliness. There's pressure. There are lives that are at stake. And may I say, nobody, according to this text, went with Joshua. He went alone. He sees the challenge of the city of Jericho lying before him. B, he sees the captain. As he's there studying and looking, the Bible says, he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Art thou for us or for our adversaries? Now, as Joshua is surveying, maybe praying, trying to figure out a battle strategy, what am I going to do? How can I fix this? How can we conquer this? As he looks, he discovers something. He's not alone like he thought he was. I'm get to May I say to you tonight, you feel like you're alone. But no, you're never alone. He has looked and he has seen that I believe it's the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ is standing right there beside him. Oh my. I want you to see, he says, are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And he said, nay. But as the captain of the host of the Lord, am I now come? Joshua's bowed there, trying to develop a battle strategy, and he says, are you for us or are you against us? Neither one. I didn't come to take sides. I've come to take over. Youngins, that's what we need. We need somebody that can take over, amen. So there's a revelation there. Now, the presence of God there reassured him because look what happened. Verse 14, Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? He's realized that the Lord is there and the presence of God reassured him before the battle. The promise of God should have reassured him. God had said, The Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. If you go to Jericho and you're beside the city, if you stand before the enemy, guess who's with you? Jesus is with you. Everywhere you put the sole of your foot, he said, I am with you and I am giving you that. So the promise of God, the presence of God, the power of God. Think about it. When they stepped in the Jordan River, the waters just backed up. The power and the presence and the power, the promise of Almighty God. Joshua falls down and he worships. What is worship? It's adoration of God. It's overflow of a grateful heart. It's an offering of praise and an offering of thanksgiving. He recognizes who this is. It is God and he bows to worship God before the battle, before the problem ever is faced. He took time to get at the feet of Jesus. End of verse 14 he said, What saith my Lord unto his servant? 
He's no longer asking, are you for us or are you against us? He said, what saith my Lord? Here's the, here's the question I have for you. It's not is the Lord on your side or somebody else's side. The question is, are you on the Lord's side? Whose side are you on? Choose you this day whom you will serve. It's not God serving you. It's you serving God. It's not God following you. It's you following God. Y'all okay with that statement? Verse 15. And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy foot, for the place whereon thou standest is holy. Joshua did so. Your shoe that goes on your foot, your foot represents your authority. God said, everywhere you put the sole of your foot, I'm giving you that. And here's Joshua. Walk right up to Jericho, trying to develop a battle strategy and a battle plan. And he sees the Lord with his sword drawn. You for us or against us? No, I've come to take over. He bowed down in worship. And God said to him, Get your shoe. Didn't say shoes, plural. I took both mine off because I'm unworthy. But he just said one shoe. If a Jew, a Hebrew, surrenders his right shoe, what he's saying is, I'm surrendering my place, giving my place to you. Will y'all hear me for a second? All the time, I am trying to develop strategies for how to lead a school and how to lead a church and what to do about it. And I get messages from God, thank God for it. But I have to have strategies about what we're going to do, how we're going to make it, financially what we're going to do. And all the time, we try to make these plans. And God said, I'm never approving your plan. Don't you come up here and say, God, here's my plan. Bless my plan. That's not what Joshua did. Joshua did not say, here's the battle plan, Lord. Here's the strategy. Bless it. Favor it. That's not what he did. He took his shoe off. And he said, Lord, I'm laying this battle down at your feet. We're getting ready to go up against an adversary that we are not able to defeat. I've got some problems. I've seen you overcome death, disappointments. I've, overseen, I've seen you overcome all these details in my life. And God, one more thing. I'm laying my battle down at your feet. I want to say tonight, there's somebody, I'm telling you, as God is my witness, you're on holy ground tonight. You better keep your mouth shut. You better, you better tonight just say, Lord, I'm going to keep my mouth shut and I'm just going to say by my actions, Lord, here's my shoe. Now you may say, Preacher Darren, that's the dumbest thing I've ever done. But I'm telling you, somebody, if your preacher would humble himself and take off his shoes, and I'm asking you to just take off one, and say, Lord, there's an adversary. There's a battle. There's a problem. There's a difficulty. There's a situation, Lord. And I'll be honest, I don't know what to do. If I knew what to do, I'd do it. And Lord, I have a plan. I'll do this. I'll say that. I'll go here. I'll go there. Lord, we'll do this. We'll do that. That'll be, no, no, no. This is not your plan. This is God's plan. He got his, the Bible says, look what, he, look what the Bible says. And Joshua did so. 
Young Joshua feels like he can't lead. He knows his people are not prepared to fight this battle. They don't have the weapons. They don't have the training. They don't have the military expertise. Joshua realizes, I'm just a new leader. How can I lead? I don't know anything about battle. I don't know anything about conquering. I've noticed that the Lord has already got the sword drawn in his hand. Woo! Hallelujah to God. God says to Joshua, I can't get in your shoes until you get out of them. You're looking at him right there. He can go where I can't go. He can do what I can't do. He can be what I'll never be. He can conquer what I cannot conquer. He can defeat what I could never defeat. There's not one problem. If he can defeat death, if he can defeat disappointment and discouragement and all those details, honey, I'm telling you, there's not one thing God cannot do. So I'm saying you not. As a sign, as a symbol, as an act of faith, are you willing to say, God, here's my shoe. You work details out, Lord. You have the battle plan. You have the battle strategy. And y'all remember what the battle strategy ended up being. I want y'all to walk around the city one time each day for six days. And on the seventh day, seven times. And on the seventh time, take seven trumpets and blow the trumpets and shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Listen to this. Did you know as a time of dedication what the people of God would do? They would walk. You know what they're doing? They were dedicating that city to God. Though the enemy still lived in it, though the adversary was there, they were dedicating and saying, God, our problem, this city, that battle is yours. And when they shouted, the walls fell flat. And God gave them a great victory. I want to turn to Genesis 18. I want to show you this. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses shall everything be established. God's sword tonight is his word. It's already drawn. He's reassured us he'll not leave us or not forsaken us. Things that bother us do not bother the Lord. Things that hinder us do not hinder God. Well, preacher Darren, I see it there. I see it. I want you to see in Genesis 18. The Bible says in Genesis 18, and the Lord, talking about the Lord appeared unto him, that's Abraham, in the plains of Mamre. And he, that's, that's Abraham, he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Abraham sat in the tent door to catch a cool breeze. It was too hot to work. It was too hot to walk. It was so hot he couldn't do one thing. Verse 2, he lift up his eyes and looked and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself to the ground, toward the ground and said, My Lord, you know who that was? Pre-incarnate Christ. There's a whole other message I could preach about getting to Jesus' feet. But he came to God at Jesus' feet. You know what he's saying? Lord, it's too hot for me. 
But when it's too hot for me, it's not, not too hot for him. Do you see that? In Genesis chapter 18, while you're close, God says, uh, in verse number 10, he says, look at the middle of the verse, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were old, well stricken in age. You know what? Sarah was 90. Abraham was 100 years old when this came to be fulfilled. It ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Y'all know what that means. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying, after, there's that word after, a time word, after, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? The Lord said to Abraham, wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Sarah said, it's too late, Lord. God said, you're going to have a baby. It's too late, Lord. It's past my time. My years are gone. It's so I'm telling you, I'm talking to somebody tonight. You're saying, it's too late for me now. That train done passed me by. It's too late. But when it's too late for you, it's not too late for God. I just wanted to come tonight and tell y'all this. I think God sent me here to tell y'all this. There's nothing my God can't do. Don't you come all up in here saying, I have a battle, and it's not going to turn out the way I want, and I'm going to lose this battle. I fired my last shot. I prayed my last prayer. I've sung my last song. Preach my last miss. I've taught my last lesson. I quit. I am done. And God says, now it came to pass. <laughs> you see, Jesus has done walked in the situation. All he's asking you to do is believe him. That's all he wants you to do. So I'm asking you not to stand. And Seth is not coming to the piano. And Beverly's not coming to the piano. There's going to be no piano picker to comfort you and soothe you and woo you to get to this altar. Tonight, you've got to do business with God. And whoever it is, I would suggest getting out of both shoes. But if you want to get out of just the right shoe and say, Lord, I don't know what to do here. But God, this battle is yours. And I'm dedicating this to you. Please, Lord, I'm laying my battle at your feet. It's yours to fight. It's for you to win. You stand at your feet. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Father God, tonight, as we bow in the presence of an almighty God, Lord, in someone's life, there's a darkness. Lord, there's a disappointment. 
Someone has failed. They feel like it's final. Devil's trying to drive that nail home. There's been a death, a closure, an end to something. And the devil says it's too late. You can't be used. This is messed up. This is never going to be worked out. Lord, tonight, Father, there's delay. Right now, there's been a delay in somebody's life. Lord, they need it. Their, their term is now. Their time is now. But Lord, you, time does not matter to you, we're learning. What matters to you is timing. So God, as we bow in your presence tonight, Lord, we bow up against this city wall. It's double-walled. God, our enemy is valiant. He is wax strong. He's probably even mocking me right now. Lord, laughing and ridiculing me. And yet, God, as I bow in your presence, I see my Lord <laughs> with a sword drawn to defeat our enemy. God, I pray in that, Lord, you would send revival. The devil says it's too late. It's never going to happen. You've gone way too far. Days of COVID have hit. People are not caring and unconcerned. But the devil's a liar, God. Lord, I believe you can stir us. I believe you can saturate us and soak us with the Holy Ghost. God, I'm asking tonight, God, to overcome our problem, to overcome our failures, to overcome our disappointments, to overcome the delays that's coming to our life, God, and the details and all the reasons and all the excuses, God. Lord, I pray tonight, God, I take my shoe off, Lord, and I bow it and give it to you and say, Lord, you know, God, you take this battle. It's yours. And God, if you want it to be won, if you want us to experience victory, it's going to be because you fight it. It's going to be because you gave the victory. It's going to be because you have conquered. Lord, it'll not be anything that we have done. So tonight, God, we are asking, sir, your help. Joshua saw a challenge. And Joshua saw the captain. And Joshua received comfort. And you gave victory. Lord, would you help us, Father? You get in our shoes and give us your promise, Lord. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen and amen.